You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events to get free and periodic updates to this program and our other interesting programs. Be sure to enter your email address in the subscribe to WHTT box on the right side of our website, WHTT.org. And now, ready, set, let the sparks fly. And today's WHTT Speaks Out, we're going to talk with a new vigiler, Mr. David Kennedy from Montrose, Colorado. And that's on the western slopes of Colorado near Grand Junction. And David actually has done something very remarkable. It's amazing to us here we hold these truths that a lot can be accomplished with one person. And so what David did, he conducted his own vigil at an event, and we'll talk about this, in Montrose, Colorado. And as a way of introduction, I'm going to turn it over to Chuck to give us a little background, and then we'll turn it over to David to tell his story, because we want to find out why you got interested in doing this, David, and how did you find out about we hold these truths and, and so forth. Chuck? Thank you, David, for being here with us. Briefly, David lives in a very progressive little city on the western slope of the mountains near Grand Junction, Colorado, Montrose, Colorado. And there in Montrose, there is a, I guess we would, without being too unfair, we would say a sort of a Christian cult led by Miss Victoria Hurst started her own private mission there, and she is from a very famous family, the Hearst family of San Francisco, the newspaper family, and she conducts a mission which she calls Praise Him Ministries. And David discovered that she was entertaining some of the people who are part of Christians United for Israel and then others, and in a program which was not sponsored by Christians United for Israel, but which sounded a great deal like it. In fact, it was only one word difference. It was called A Night for Israel, which had one person involved in at least one who appeared to be very close to the Christians United for Israel group that we've been involved with many, many times. Anyway, David went there and challenged them, and his results are really quite remarkable in one-night education, I think. And so, David, if you would just... Give us an account of what you did, how you went about it, what happened, what people said to you, and what your impression of the people in this organization were from your experience there. It would be very helpful to others who uh, do this themselves and, of course, educational for all of us. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Just a couple of corrections. Praise and Ministries is based in a small town south of Montrose called Ridgeway, Colorado. So it's really not Montrose-based but uh, Ridgeway is only about 25 miles south of Montrose. And uh, Montrose is uh, the largest city other than Grand Junction in the uh, southwest uh, part of the state in Colorado. I think Durango may be a little bit bigger, but it's about 100 miles away and over uh, at least a couple of three mountain ranges. So uh, Montrose is a fairly large city of about 23,000, I'd say. And it's not very progressive. Montrose is definitely a rural farming community. Very, very conservative, probably not as conservative as Colorado Springs or even Grand Junction, but definitely there's a right-wing church on every corner. And so the the fundamentalist Christian 
light and is very strong here. And just, just a little bit of a background uh, for me, I uh, got my courage basically in uh, being associated with uh, Colorado for Justice in Palestine uh, based in the Denver Front Range area. And so I was active with them, with them for many years. And before that, I was always uh, interested in the Palestinian uh, viewpoint, uh, even in college when I met uh, several Palestinians and got familiar with uh, their, their plight back in the early 80s when I went to college. So basically, I moved to uh, Montrose only about three, four months ago, and I brought my activism with me. I uh, found out about uh, this uh, event through uh, the local papers. They had uh, pretty big ads touting this site for Israel. I wouldn't even call it a church. It's more like a compound in Ridgeway, this place in ministry. Um, Chuck had me uh, deliver a personal letter to uh, Mrs. Hirsch, or Miss Hurst, I guess. And I went up to the uh, building, which is obviously well-financed, but renovated barn. And there were security cameras, there were uh, metal doors, and it, it really was a compound more than a, what you would say, a, a church. But I delivered the, the uh, letter to somebody who came out and uh, asked me what I was doing there, and even though I was knocking on the door and not getting any answer. But I delivered the letter and I went on my way. The week prior to the event, which was on Saturday night, I had uh, written a letter to the editor in the paper that covers URA, Colorado, and Ridgeway, but also the other paper in Montrose. I, I don't think it, my letter was published in uh, Ridgeway, but it was published in Montrose, which is, of course, a bigger town on the street. And um, I think that kind of alerted people because several people at the event asked me if I was either David Kennedy who had written the letter or if I was the one who had written an article, which it wasn't an article, it was just a letter. So they were familiar with me. So uh, I was in my letter and actually uh, an ad that uh, Chuck, thankfully, had paid for, which I appreciate. There was a call out to the community to come out and uh, stand in favor of the Palestinians against racism and oppression and colonialism. So I was hoping, actually, there would be uh, at least one other person to join me, but uh, that wasn't the case. I was the only one. So I uh, got there right when the doors opened, and um, because uh, the organization kind of made a mistake in having this on public property instead of private property by a church, which is where most of these events are held, it, it was a community center, and the fairly... Uh, large community center. It was so. As a happy consequence, I was able to stand in, right in front of the door and hand out literature that Chuck had uh, provided through We Hold These Truths. So uh, most of the people, especially in the beginning, thought that I was just part of the show. That I was handing out the cold, handing out uh, literature as they were walking in, as an introduction to the event. So I was very well received by the people, at least in the beginning, that were coming in. And uh, the people that were there were usually the traditional church-going uh, crowd, mostly elderly, uh, almost completely white, which is a little bit of a surprise because Montrose has a large uh, Hispanic population. But these are mostly white, predominantly women, uh, and elderly. 
uh, folks that were coming up, and they were all very nice because, again, they, did, they didn't even realize I was on the other side of the issue, even though I had uh, a button that says uh, boycott Israeli apartheid. I had a bag, uh, kind of a shopping bag that I purchased at a Palestinian uh, store called Boycott Israel <laughs> on the side of it that I was uh, using to hold the literature in. And then I had uh, the, uh, a Palestinian scarf. But that didn't really dawn on people. I don't think people were really paying attention. A few people did, but most of them didn't notice that I, I was there to uh, basically protest the organization. But after a few minutes, the organization uh, people really got upset and realized what I was doing and uh, confronted me. It wasn't very long where this gentleman that was kind of big and dressed in black, but he was, wasn't a military person. He was one of the organizers said, you know, what, what are you doing? You, you can't be here. And I said, well, I, I can be here because this is public property and uh, the police have been notified that I'm going to be here because Chuck had talked to the police department. And his response was, uh, well, tell me the name of the officer and the officer's badge number that you talked to. And I, I pretty much ignored him. And he got really irate because the effect that I had was to show these people that there's more and more resistance to what Israel is doing to the Palestinians that they wouldn't expect. They certainly, I'm sure, have never had any opposition in this area of the state to their actions. And for somebody to oppose them was shocking. They were beside themselves with rage. So I, I didn't pay this, this guy any attention, and he said, well, you're promoting lies. And I said, these are quotes from the Bible. If you think the Bible is a lie, then maybe you're in the wrong place. And he, he uh, huffed off and left me alone. But then uh, a few minutes later, private security, actually two private security people, one, one of them kind of stood in the distance, but the other one approached me with this huge black dog. I don't even know what kind of dog it was, but it was, it was huge. And he said, uh, what do you think you're doing? And I said, I'm passing out uh, literature because I'm opposed to what this event stands for. And he said, well, you're passing out propaganda. And I said, well, that's interesting. You haven't read what I'm passing out. So I gave him a copy, and he, he looked it over, and he said, well, I, I'm going to notify the local police. And I said, well, by all means. So he, he walked away and stood down at the street level and called the police. And it took the police uh, quite a while to get there. But an officer and a squad car showed up, and, and they talked, and then the police officer left. <laughs> Let this guy do his own devices. So then the kind of security person started being a little bit apologetic and said, well, you know, I'm sorry, but you're, you're good to go, and you have the right to be here, et cetera, et cetera, and, and walked off. But I'd asked him what his name was. He gave me his name, and I said, well, are you with the local police? He said, no, I'm with this. And he quoted the private security company that the organization had hired. But he was dressed in a, you know, military garb, basically black military garb with a, you know, protective vest and a huge guard dog. But he wasn't armed. He didn't have a gun. But the other interesting thing was, and I'm sure this was part of the theater that they were putting on for the show, because this was right after the Paris attacks. They were uh, searching everybody, everybody's bag that walked in. They were searching people's persons. Several people had to leave to, to take their persons back into their car, which was a real surprise to them. 
I don't think they were expecting this, and I don't think it's really protocol for this community center to read people's bags. But people were wanted with metal detectors, and they had double security officers with guard dogs. And so in, I'm sure it was a little bit of a shock to these elderly people. I mean, you don't even see that level of security at airports as much as what they were putting on the show for. And I, I made a few comments. I said, well, it's just like the Palestinians uh, have to go through when they go through Israeli checkpoints. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and then uh, another person in the uh, they need to do something about my literature. So they literally stood in the door as people were coming in and took my brochures out of people's hands when they walked in the building. And uh, this woman said, oh, he's not part of our group uh, promoting lies. And so then I started telling people as I was passing out, I said, that, well, they'll try to take this from you, and you don't need to let them do that if you don't want to. It is your right to read when I'm passing out. And a few people said, well, you're right, that's violation of freedom of speech. But most people, you know, once they realized after I said that, that I was part of the opposition, then they started not taking my literature. One guy really did confront me that was not part of the organization. He was just showed up there to, to watch the show. He said, well, you're part of Hamas and Hezbollah. And I said, no, I'm not. And I just ignored him. And he went in and he came out and said something else. And I said, you know, what is your problem? I'm standing here by myself passing out literature. Why don't you go in and go to your seat, which he did. He didn't want to confront me anymore, but I guess he had to say something. And that, that was pretty much it in, in the nutshell. I stayed for uh, an hour and a half until the show started, and then I left. But I think the point is more and more people are becoming aware of what Israel is doing. And I think people on the side of the Israelis and the Zionists are running scared because they're, they're realizing this. They're realizing that more and more people are waking up to the fact that Israel is a racist, colonial state. And they're voicing their opinion. And they're scared to death of that. Great. Good story. Good uh, account of the situation, David. And I wonder, uh, Craig, do you have any questions that you uh, would like, since you've done the same thing yourself, by yourself, would, do you have any uh, questions or comments? Yes. David, did you have anybody that was in there and then came out to you afterwards or during the presentation that was, I would say, favorable? to our point of view? Well, a few people voiced that, yes, this is freedom of speech, what I was doing, and then walked in. But as you can guess, most of the people have really drank the Kool-Aid as far as Israel and Zionism and Christian Zionism in particular. Most people were there to really get educated. Most people were there to get their opinions solidified, and I'm sure that happened. Um, Any idea about the attendance? You're definitely attendance. Well, I had uh, printed out 300 copies of uh, a two-sided flyer uh, that I was passing out, and I'd, I'd estimate there were less than 150 people. Wow. And, and the turnout was pretty yeah. small, honestly. Yeah, cause the, because I was I, looking at the the Montrose Pavilion website. It says the auditorium holds like 602, and they have the conference rooms, the lobby, and the auditorium reserved. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, very many people showed up. I mean, I mean, there were quite a few, but even if people were a couple, almost all people accepted 
an individual flyer. So that, again, told me that I, I had a, over half, I didn't actually count them, but I had over half the flyers left that I didn't pass out. Just one other thing, honestly, only two or three people gave me the flyers back. Most, Almost all the people took the flyers, and, of course, they were confiscated after they got into the building, but it, it was a small turnout, to be quite honest, because this was heavily advertised. Uh, David, of course, part of this was uh, our fault because we didn't have anybody to back you up. Ideally, we would have should have had someone there to a photograph and make sure that we had a good photographic account of what went on in case something happened. And then secondly, go on in, uh, make a recording, listen carefully, find out what they did inside the meeting. And, and by yourself, you, you couldn't do all what your, your comments resonate to me so clearly is that uh, these people that are doing these uh, programs for Israel, no matter how they go about it, and uh, th this program was obviously done on, on a we will entertain you basis. They had a Broadway singing star there who is, of course, Israeli, but he'd sung a lead in a Broadway part, important one that everybody would know about. They tailored this thing to uh, gathering an audience by uh, giving them a kind of a free night out in Little Montrose uh, at the auditorium. There was no charge for going in, I, I gather. And, uh, yeah, it was free. Yeah, we don't know if they took a collection inside or not, but they disguised a little bit their really Israeli hard sell in this and, and kind of made it look like a uh, like an entertainment program. So it does remind me of a program we had turned out similarly at the Denver Art Museum where uh, an organization there that is a, a radical Zionist organization rented the auditorium, and they had a packed house in that case, uh, literally – I guess well over a thousand people, and we were able to stand right in front of the door and pass out things. But it was not easy to get people to uh, really to read them. As far as we know, they didn't take the literature away from uh, the people there. Yeah. Several things that were done that I think made this work the way it did uh, were, of course, that you wrote a letter to the editor that got published before anything happened, and that uh, alerted certainly the the people that were putting the program on. That was resistance. And then, of course, as you mentioned, we ran ads in the Grand Junction paper and in the Montrose paper, and we furnished press releases to both papers, to the news group at both papers. And so we did everything except back you up with manpower. A little manpower, of course, had we been there with five or six big signs that let everyone know that we were opposing Israel or that we were challenging Israel's treatment of the Palestinian people, they would say that you're opposing Israel. But had we been doing that, probably only half the people would have taken your flyer. We've had that experience uh, where they where they know that who we are. They tend to those that are the, that are committed tend to uh, shy away from us and and not uh, and not uh, take literature. I think giving out the literature is the most ideal situation you can have because there you're giving everyone who really is interested in whether there is a controversy. Uh, they have a chance to pocket this thing, take it home and read it and think about it. And so uh, in, in our experiences, my my feeling is that the most valuable thing you can do is put a, a decent, readable piece of literature, simple piece of literature in people's pockets that go into these things. The other benefit, of course, was that you went and presented yourself at the church in advance and let them know what was coming off and, and provided a letter to the uh, to the uh, to the pastor, who, which no doubt would alert her, and this gives them a lot of 
worries and they tend to do foolish things when they get concerned about this program, such as trying to censor you and threaten you with dogs and things like that. So uh, it brings out the worst of them. And, and I think it shows how thin ice they really are on. And they and, and they got to know it. They somehow uh, are feel threatened when you challenge them by alerting them in advance. The other thing, of course, is talking to the police in advance and, and if possible having the police come right there and park their squad car in front of the auditorium. If that, that's even better when the police will do that. So uh, great job done. I'm sure there are other questions. And I really wish I could have been there. On the subject of people catching on, which you, which you stated, and I think you're absolutely right about that, the group that you used to belong to or still do, Colorado's for Justin Palestine, and which I'm a member of, we spent three days of the week lobbying the uh, American Archaeologist Associations, and uh, by a vote, I, don't, I'm, I think you've probably heard this, by a vote of, uh, of nine to one, uh, the delegates at this uh, convention uh, voted to censor Israel academically, and it was a very strongly written paper. And uh, so here in this academic group, you had a gathering of certainly something like leadership there of several thousand people, and the vote was just overwhelmingly in favor of a very firm censorship of the state of Israel based upon their treatment of the Palestinian people. Yes. The other group that has recently come out associated with universities is Women's Studies. The Women's Studies organization had a similar vote, an overwhelmingly vote to boycott and divest from Israel. Great. So that's another very that fairly recently. Yeah, I just read that today. Wonderful. Well, those academic boycotts are important because people really do respect academic leaders, whether they know they do or not. They do listen to academic leaders. Other questions from the panel? Well, the, one of the things I noticed, one of the uh, guiding mentors of uh, Victoria Hurst is a, is a woman named Billy Brin. I, you just found something on that, didn't you, uh, Craig? Right. Billy Brim is the uh, uh, regional director of CUFI, and she covers Alabama, Mississippi, Missouri, and Tennessee. So she is uh, a CUFI employee, and so it sits right along in that. And I just wanted, David, if you did any uh, research on that David Wilder guy who also spoke, because he's, uh, he's from over there in the occupied territory in Hebron, and he's just a, a real pro-Zionist there basically saying that, you know, we need to get guns to keep protect ourselves from the Palestinians. Uh, he's on record for saying that. I just wonder if you had anything uh, to do with him. No, I, I hadn't uh, known about him. Uh, I mean, there's so many. It's it's just I, don't, I honestly don't have any interest in hearing about Zionists. I, I think they need to be opposed everywhere they raise their heads. And that's, that's you know, the reason I chose to do what I did is, the more opposition, the more heat they feel, the more stupid they're going to act. And so having tight security and searching people and having vicious dogs and people taking literature out of people's hands is an overreaction. And I hope that at least some people start thinking, well, why are they especially lonely person freezing in the cold weather and peacefully handing out literature? We're looking for the few thinkers out there, and that's the whole point, is we, we don't know who may read that and decide that what it says is true, or as we've said to people, challenge them, think for yourselves. 
don't trust us. Do some investigation on your own and look at the facts. I really appreciate Doc sending me the literature because the literature was uh, Christian-based. It wasn't coming even from a political. It was coming from purely a spiritual viewpoint. And that really resonates, I think, with people in the religious community. They'll shut down or shut out anything that even sounds remotely political. But they would listen, I think, or read the literature that is Christian-based, especially... uh, scripture-based. Well, exactly, and that's the only way you can really discuss with them is talking about Jesus, because most Christian Zionists want to get off the subject and want to talk about secular things, so uh, the point is to hold them to their feet to the the Bible, if you will, and Craig has done a very good job of doing that in some of his interactions with pastoral and lay people from some of the vigils that he's been on, and it's been quite gratifying, I'd say, that we are having an impact, and this is just another example of that continuing building of opposition to the tyranny that's being put upon the Palestinians due to the ignorance of so many American Christians who literally turn their back on what Jesus taught us to do. Blessed are the peacemakers, love your neighbors as yourself. Well, that's the other fear that Christian Zionists have, is to have their hypocrisy exposed. And, you know, the course, the best way to do that is approach it from a Christian standpoint, that you're pointing out what Christ taught, not what a secular political person is saying. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big Christian, but I, I know what Jesus taught and from what I've heard, and uh, it's completely contradictory to what Israel and what Christian Zionists are doing in Israel's name. Well, thank you so much, David, for stepping forward. We really admire what you've done. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've been inspired by this program, please contact us. There's opportunities all over the country to do something, and it may not seem big, but we don't know what David's actions have done. He certainly put some fear in the folks that organized this. We know that for sure by their reaction. So once again, thanks, David, and we appreciate what you've done. All right. Well, thank you for having me on today. Thanks for listening. If you like this program, please let your friends know about it and our other thought-provoking podcast. And be sure to visit our website, whtt.org, for a wealth of information on Christian Zionism and other critical issues that we face. Also, at whtt.org, you can watch for free our award-winning documentary film, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Join us in our efforts to wake the town and tell the people. Start small, think big, and press on towards the straight gate.